the dandelion. morning sun and the loud clang of the breakfast bell awakened the crew of the dandelion. Only the cabin boy had been up since the first pale light, writing a letter to his mama. Dearest mama, the seas have been calm and all is well aboard the dandelion. We are approaching the horn and I have noticed the cry of birds once again, something I missed on the high seas. I have not forgotten about the fruits you told me of and I will make you a sketch of the tree they grow on and collect a sample of the seeds if possible. He had a pack of stationery and his great-grandfather's writing set. The ink bottle was labeled Waterproof Premium India Ink, and the quill had a certain weight to it that made whatever he wrote feel extra important. When his mama gave them to him, the cabin boy had promised to send her a letter from every port. The whole crew was in high spirits because the port call was scheduled for today. They were singing as they went about their morning duties, thinking about frozen rum drinks and dancing with pretty barmaids, playing card games for high stakes with sailors from other ships, and a full night of general carousing and disturbing the peace. But at the morning roll call, the captain had grave news. Berkeley here has been on watch and has espied the great leeward horn through the starboard glass. He began. The men raised a cheer. Hurrah! Hurrah! Berkeley! But the captain lifted his hand and let out a silencing sneeze. <laughs> he drew a neatly folded linen cloth from his breast pocket and wiped his nose. Berkeley noted, the captain continued, and I've confirmed it. The city is flying the yellow jack. The men groaned. Oh, dang. The flag of plague. Does that mean we won't be going ashore? Asked Kipper, raising his hand. Of course it doesn't, you knucklehead, said Bream. Who wants to risk the Black Death? Not me. Not me. Oh, not me neither, said the men. Well, it's none of your choice anyhow, came the captain's sharp voice. We will be sailing on round the horn and won't have another chance at making landfall till we reach the Salt Islands. But that's at least three weeks sailing, said Riley. If the winds are not contrary, said Mackrill. I can't say I'm any happier about it than you are, said the captain. But it is what it is. Now act like men and get back to minding the sails. Dismissed! The cabin boy was very disappointed at this news. Now he couldn't get to send his letter or taste the famous jelly fruit that only grew on the beaches of the Horn. But he had little time to think about it because the captain sent for him promptly after roll call. We have a problem, said the captain as he paced a circuit around the Turkish rug in his quarters. The cabin boy knew better than to interrupt the captain while he was pacing. It's a matter of grooming, said the captain, stopping briefly before his looking glass before proceeding around the carpet. There is a certain code, you see, one that all the sea respects, said the captain. Proper captains must be clean-shaven, or else they will be taken for pirates. Proper men must have neatly trimmed hair, for the same reason. The captain stopped once more before his, the glass. Now usually we go to port to get our barbering done, for we haven't a barber aboard, but the 
Blasted plague means we won't make port. The captain frowned. You've shown yourself to be a quick study boy. Do you think you have a steady enough hand? Do you think you can do it? Shave you, sir? Asked the cabin boy. Well, I, I wouldn't have you bobber me first. It's a skill and you'll need to learn. Practice on the men first, then we'll see. The cabin boy didn't see as he had a choice. Besides, his mom has always cut his hair in front of a mirror, and it didn't appear to be too difficult. The captain gave the cabin boy a pair of scissors and a razor, set a mirror on a stand, and ordered the men to line up at a chair. You go first, Kipper, said Bream. I'm not going first, you go. No, no, my hair is too thick. Let him start with your hair. Uh, you're just scared, said Kipper. This argument continued until the skipper, Kandiru, volunteered to go under the razor first. He sat in the chair grim-faced and with his arms crossed. Clip, clip, the cabin boy began, hesitantly at first but then with growing confidence. When he held up the mirror for Kandiru, the frown broke into a grin. Kandiru looked a new man. Soon the others lost their reticence and practically fought one another to be next in the chair. The cabin boy made quick work of the men's hair, which had grown quite long, cutting it down to a neat quarter-inch stubble. When he was all done, the men pranced around before the mirror, looking at their new reflections, while the cabin boy sweeped up the shavings into a bucket. The cabin boy went to dump the hair over the ship's rail into the sea, but before he could, he was startled by a strange tapping and scratching, and the subtle sound of yarring and sushing. He turned his head slowly around. Climbing over the rail from a boat below came a horde of pirates pegging their way up onto the ship. He knew instantly that they were pirates because A, one of them had a beard, B, they all had long scruffy hair, and C, they all had peg legs. The cabin boy quickly slipped behind a barrel. From his hiding place he watched in alarm as the pirates hard and sh their way over to where the men were peering before the mirror. By the time the men noticed the approaching trouble, it was too late. A ferocious fighting and cursing ensued, but the pirates had the advantage of surprise. Still, the men fought valiantly. In a desperate move, Bream turned the ship's only cannon around to face the pirate captain. I don't know if that's a good idea, said Kipper. Shut up, Kipper, or I'll turn this thing on you. Bream picked up one of the cannonballs, but it slipped out of his hand and fell on Kipper's toes. Ouch! Said Kipper. You're, you're in for it now. Kipper squared his shoulders and lined up to punch Bream, but then a pirate came up behind him. Luckily, Bream threw a cannonball at the pirate, knocking him down. Thanks, Bream! Said Kipper. <laughs> I owe you one. But the pirate captain now saw the cannon and with a loud ARG alerted his hardies to the danger. They quickly surrounded Bream and Kipper and turned the cannon on the other men. Now the pirates had them in their power. They tied the sailors up in their own ropes and locked them in the galley. Then they got right down to celebrating their easy victory. They broke into the rum barrels and began drinking and laughing. Arr! But we stopped them like they was ants, bragged one meaty specimen. Yar, and wasn't them soft-like babies, eh? Joked another. I clobbered three of them myself, said the first pirate, stomping his peg leg three times on the deck. I should be 
promoted to captain. Why, I never saw that, said Luke, second pirate. You was ducking like a little duckling, and I went for the one with the cannon. I deserve to be captain. He waved a threatening knuckle. Well, I'm the captain here, and I'll have none of this insolence from you beardless lot, shouted the pirate captain. Let's have some more rum, why don't we? And they did. Soon they were stumbling about the deck, and not long after that, the pirates lay in a heap, snoring loudly. The cabin boy slipped out from behind his barrel. His legs were tingly from squatting so long, and he almost tripped over the hair bucket. Seeing the hair clippings gave him an idea. He picked up the bucket and tiptoed silently down the stairs and into the hold. He looked through various crates and barrels until he found a bucket of tar for emergency patchwork. The cabin boy scooped some of the sticky tar into a metal tin, then took the tar and the hair back up to where the pirates were sleeping. Working quickly, he used the tar to paste the hair on each of the pirates' stubby chins. It was delicate work and he feared they would wake, but the pirates were sleeping like babies. Pretty soon, they all wore nice long beards. The cabin boy was just cleaning the tar from his hands when the pirates began to stir. They sat up groggily and began mumbling and rumbling. Who am I? One by one, they glanced in the mirror, which was still set up on the deck for the haircutting. Why, if I ain't the captain, fancy that, muttered one big oaf, looking closer to check out his beard. Hair, I am the captain, he said. Yar, no use not, I'm the captain, said a short muscular pirate. Well, I got a beard. Don't I? said the big one. Yeah, well, so do I, said the short one. Hey, me too, said a lanky fellow with a parrot tattoo. I saw mine first, said the first pirate. He stomped his peg leg three times. You wouldn't know the first lick about being captain. Ha ha, said the tattooed pirate. Why, I know more than you. Yar. The short, burly pirate stomped his peg leg five times, which was the signal that he wanted to challenge the others. He started chasing the first pirate around the deck, while the other pirates slowly came to the idea that they were all captains now. That was when the cabin boy dashed down to the galley and untied the men. The cabin boy had not uttered a word before the men grabbed pots and pans and rushed to attack the pirates. For an anxious moment, the men stopped short, thinking they were about to confront the dreaded Blackbeard, Redbeard, and Bluebeard all at once. Bream recovered first. I'm gonna whip those eggy-smelling rascals into an omelet, he shouted, waving a whisk. And I'll grind fresh pepper on them, chimed in Kipper. The cruelest mob of pirate captains didn't know what had hit them. Stockpots came down over their heads, and they felt the fierce pricking of forks. None of them knew who was giving the orders, and who was supposed to be following them. It wasn't long before they were driven, cursing and crying, back onto their boat. After rowing in circles for a brit, the pirates made it back to their waiting ship and sailed off in defeat. A rancorous cheer went up from the men aboard the Dandelion. What in Neptune's name is going on here? came the voice of the captain. He had been in his quarters the whole time, 
looking through his collection of pen and ink illustrations of famous sea captains, considering what was the most noble and commanding combination of hair and mustache. Pirates, sir, said Bream. We pummeled them. With these, said Kipper, brandishing two spoons. Excellent work, men, said the captain, lifting his glass to peer at the retreating marauders. And excellent grooming as well, he remarked, turning his gaze to the crew. Cabin boy. Yes, sir. The barbering tools are yours. Fetch them and meet me in my quarters. Promptly, sir, said the cabin boy. And cabin boy. Yes. Bring one of those fine cookies your mother bakes. I'm feeling peckish. Yes, sir.